0: Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. Delighted that you've joined us today. Steetalker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Enlightened investors, it is always good advice to begin where you are, not from where you came from. And Stephen Sykes knows that better than anybody. He began investing in real estate in 2005. Stephen focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily projects that create near-term and long-term wealth for his partners and his clients. With his partners at Cascade Real Estate Group, he runs a real estate investment studio designed for passive investors, real estate entrepreneurs, and top producing agents. Stephen, before we get into real estate... Share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today.
1: Great, we'll do. Alan, nice to meet you on this call and talk with you today. I appreciate it. So the first thing that comes to mind was I'm 46. When I was 24, I took a year off from work, so to speak. I was really just getting started out out of college. I had worked for a year at a dot com company called Value America. I had been planning. To travel. And so, cut ties and save money, made a plan, and I traveled around the world for 18 months. The highlight, I would say, was probably visiting. It's it's a close three-way tie between India, Pakistan, and Morocco, as far as my favorites and the most interesting. But I would say in terms of formative and really seeing part of the world that was completely foreign, my time in India was the standout and just really helped me to understand, of course, how people live in India, but also how people live differently around the world, you know, firsthand. So that was exciting. I lived in, I stayed in India for two months of that
0: trip. Yeah, that was fantastic. 18 months of traveling. Wow. What an experience that must have been. What was your highlight in India?
1: You know, I'd say there were two highlights. One was I had a a sitting with the Dalai Lama Was fantastic. He was receiving an award, kind of a lifetime achievement award from one of the northern states in in India, Himachal Pradesh, I believe was the name. And they were just honoring him. So we were made, my my friends and I that I was traveling with at the time were made aware of this. And we got an opportunity to go and join the the sitting and and hear him speak. So that was definitely one of the highlights. The other was at a chapter in my life, I really enjoyed mountaineering and climbing mountains. And so I got to visit the base of K2, the second tallest mountain in the world. And the way that I got there was hitchhikes. With, with a different traveling buddy. And I mean, it was just like out of a movie. But as I look back mm-hmm. on it, you know, small pickup trucks, very ornately decorated. Anyone that's seen these kind of trucks in Pakistan, this was in Pakistan. Anyone that's seen these kind of trucks knows what I'm talking about. They're just completely decorated with colorful things that move and spin and sparkle. And we got picked up and we're in the back seat or in the, the bed of this pickup truck just cruising down the road with about six other uh, Pakistani men. And, you know, it was, it was just great. It was just, it really felt like a stranger in a strange land.
0: Well, I can imagine that on such an adventure that you were out of your comfort zone in many respects. And I expect you learned a great deal about this aspect of fear and risk and how it is that they play together for either our success or our failure.
1: Oh, I sure did. I didn't mean to cut you off if you were going to continue.
0: No, go right ahead. Talk to us about that aspect of fear and risk and what you learned from that, not just on your travels, but throughout the course of your life.
1: You bet. You bet. I, I think that's such an important thing to, for, for us to think about, especially those of us that are you know, maybe considering a, a career change or considering getting into... You know, real estate in particular. For me, so I did have a W two. I had a, a few W two jobs, a common thread in my career before I started investing in real estate full time and focusing on real estate full time. I worked in the public sector and worked in a, a few different capacities, but the common thread would be right of way. So land use and, you know, resource management, in particular water resource management. Um, and I did that in the Northwest and then to a degree here in the Midwest. At that time, or for many years, 10 to 12 years, I thought about getting into real estate full time I thought about being a full time investor
0: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor As an industry leading relationship focused design build construction firm Mosaic Construction has worked in many different asset classes from multifamily to retail medical industrial and commercial Mosaic Construction Works to execute interior and exterior renovations with their team of trades and project managers. Their experience with value-add improvements has resulted in increased ROI and long-term value of the assets. They work nationally in partnership with local trades to deliver thoughtful, problem-solving construction management solutions to all their clients. For a personal, no-obligation consultation, call Ira Singer, 773-491-3145 or email ira at mosaicconstruction.net. You can also find Ira on LinkedIn.
1: Probably started out thinking about being a full-time agent or broker, because that's how I first kind of came into real estate, through a family connection. But getting back to the fear and the risk, when I was in that mindset, the thought of working and being self-employed and self-directed, that seemed very risky. and I And I definitely had fear associated with that risk. And it was a fear of lack of resources. So, inability to essentially cover financially what, what needs to be covered for my family. And the way that that developed and the way that I kind of matured that line of thinking was to start thinking about, well, hold on, what about the risk of staying where I am and not pursuing that goal or taking that mm-hmm. chance? So, I, I really just shifted my mindset over time and with the help of some other people that that talked you know with me about this topic and that know me, started thinking about it more as, there's actually a lot more risk in staying in that W-2 position for a variety of reasons that we could cover real quick. One is I'm not in control of my employment. Even though it felt like I had a secure job and a steady paycheck and something that was dependable, it was actually completely out of my control. I mean, sure, my performance was within my control, but the business itself was completely out of my control. And so that helped me to start to think about, well, hang on, if I'm, if I'm associating control with risk, then if i'm controlling what my future my destiny my workload is then that's actually a heck of a lot more reliable and then i thought about other things too you know it was not a completely you know sedentary job but i did sit at a desk and cubicle a lot and you know again i'm, I'm in my mid 40s i could start to kind of feel backs and knees and necks and things like that, that that were starting to show from sitting all the time and i was like well that's not really how i want to spend my days either so The last third piece of that I would say is probably opportunity cost or opportunity risk. You know, not I got started in 2005, we did buy our first investment property, but 2015 is really what I focused and began building what I'm now working on today, which is full time multifamily investing. And I think back, you know, had I started in 2003 or 2005, full time multifamily investing, you know, I'd be 10 years further on into this career. And it's the growth is just exponential. So the opportunity risk or the missed opportunity is one that's associated with that. Kind of when I think about fear and risk, I guess the last thing I'll say is, you know, done is better than perfect, as as one of my partners likes to say. A lot, and I really like that saying that having something done, not being afraid to take a step or to take a risk, and just get started—it's better than being perfect or trying to figure out. You know, a lot of a lot of people that come to our meetup or people that ask me to go to lunch and talk about the the industry, I feel like suffer from analysis paralysis. So they're uh, they're way more educated than I was before that I bought my first property, and they really want to do a good thing. They want to make a good choice, but they're you know, a lot of these these guys are just too concerned about making bad step or a wrong decision. And so, you know, one of the things I just keep, you know, saying is, and that I picked up from others is, you know, fail fast, fail hard. So get those lessons, learn them quick, uh, learn them efficiently and move on. That's kind of how I think about fear and risk now versus how I did 15 years ago.
0: Well, we all like predictability and we all like to stay within our comfort zones. From what I gather, I don't really know a whole lot about your background, but from what I gather, it doesn't sound like you really had any close associations with role models who had been there, done that in terms of investing. And yet you stepped out and you started doing that. I'm sure you did have, along the way, you did have people that you associated with that encouraged you and helped you. But I think that a lot of people find themselves in that way. We didn't have parents, relatives that were entrepreneurs themselves. And most of our parents had W-2 jobs. And they expected us to go to college and do well in college and get a, that, that job where there's a corporate job or a public service job to get in that job and do our best in there and stay in there. So we didn't have close association with role models to help us find other paths, how did you actually determine you had been in the public service realm for 10, 15 years, and that was your comfort zone. And yet there were aspects about it that were like, this really isn't as comfortable as what it seems, but you weren't associating with people who had been there, done that. How did you really find your way out of that?
1: Yeah, good question. In retrospect, I can look back and and recall being either introduced or coming across individuals that were investing in real estate. Whether it was a gentleman I can recall who I met when I was, you know, in my early mid twenties, who was flipping houses, and I thought that that was interesting. It just kind of stuck as, so okay, this guy's about my age and he's doing this work, and you know, he's enjoying it. I thought that was interesting, and it just kind of rattled in the back of my mind for a number of years. A closer friend bought a duplex when she was in her late twenties and rented out the other side, lived in one, and rented the other, and and I thought that was fantastic. She is very much an entrepreneur and just kind of a rainmaker. You know, everything she touched turned to gold, and so. I enjoyed understanding and seeing her do that. Prior to that, so I, I can say that I did benefit from my parents' guidance.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Would you ever invest all your money in a single stock? Very unlikely. Yet investors are willing to risk $50,000
1: to $100,000 in a single property in real estate all the time. Investor is the world's first customizable real estate investment platform. Investors can build their own custom portfolios, selecting investments across multiple asset classes such as single-family homes, multi-family, student housing, self-storage, and shopping centers. You can also invest across multiple markets and different timeframes. Avestra also enables other real estate entrepreneurs and syndicators to build and use Avestra's infrastructure and cloud platform to create their own customizable real estate funds. To learn more, visit us at avestorinc.com. Avestor, real estate investing made simple. My father in my teens, 20s, 30s uh, was an entrepreneur, started a few different businesses. He would say that he never started really the one right business. So he, he started and, and, and left behind or, or closed up a, f- a few different ideas and concepts. But seeing him take those risks and seeing him build something, even at a young age, I remember being 12, 13, it was kind of the first time I remember him starting a business. And at the time, it was a business that focused on educating uh, American executives about the Chinese economy. And he was interviewing you know, experts in, in the field and dealing with China on videotape and then would kind of sell those as training. And he was probably, he would say he was probably just a little bit before his time that was really needed or, or not needed, but as in demand as it is you know, now in the last couple of decades. So that was once I saw him do that. And then my mother has been a real estate agent with Keller Williams from the beginning of Keller Williams. So we lived in Austin at the time. So grew up in Austin, went to University of Texas in Austin and high school there, middle school there. And so, so seeing my mom be in the real estate industry on the retail residential side was definitely formative. I remember that they brought home the cash flow gain, the board game. Uh, when i was probably 16 for mm-hmm. my siblings and i to play so it planted a seed but it, it you know didn't immediately take so but they were encouraging me to think about you know cash flow and real estate it, even at a young age and so i really have to thank them and appreciate that they thought of you know investing their time and their energy into trying to teach us about that there it was those seeds were planted and then they you know they just developed over time and when i was in my early 30s living in portland oregon at that time so grew up in austin Went and traveled, graduated from college, ended up traveling a bit, working a bit, moved to Portland, Oregon with my now wife and could see what was going on in Austin where I lived. I could see what was going on in Portland in terms of just revitalization of urban neighborhoods. And so what I really needed to do was figure out how to use money. That's, that was the piece of the puzzle. I had the desire, but I didn't understand how to use money. I didn't have a savings account that would qualify for a down payment. So many, many years of frustration and, just, and really lack of action on my part, lack of educating myself and lack of ask action and taking risk to move forward just festered within me to the point of my, of my frustration kind of boiling out and my wife telling me just you know, either find a way to do it or shut up and stop talking about it. So what that led me to was to take out a $25,000 cash advance from a credit card that I had. They had offered 0%. I had a zero balance. They offered 0% for 18 months. I figured, cool, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy something. I'm going to refinance and get the money back before that 18 months is up. And that's what I did here in Omaha in 2015. I bought a fourplex in South Omaha and had never managed anything, wasn't listening to podcasts, you know. didn't have any colleagues, just was ready to take action. So did that. And it's been great. I actually just sold that property a few months ago. Um, I had refinanced it, I think, four times and, and cashed out and bought more property. So you know, that was fantastic. We could talk a lot about property management if we we have time for that, but I was managing that property myself while I was working in my W-2 position. And I saw that really being to kind of transition back to your question. I saw that as the beginning of the opportunity for me to get out of my W-2 and get into real estate full-time. So my strategy was I wanted to develop as much property management income as I could to replace my W-2 income and figure out health insurance along the way for my family. And that's what I did. I went from that first fourplex eventually got to 120 units that I was managing full-time in both English and Spanish because I speak Spanish. And many of these properties were in South Omaha, which is a predominantly Latino part of of Omaha in some areas. that was the ticket was generating that income, learning about property management, leaving my W-2, and then starting to scale other forms of income to replace that property management. I don't do day-to-day property management anymore. I'm an asset manager for a number of our assets that we own in-state and out-of-state. Property management was a fantastic experience and it was a a gateway. It was a bridge to, to to go where I wanted to go, but it is incredibly difficult to do without the right systems. And so I'm an owner of a property manager company now, partnered with Chris and Colin, Uh, It's called Bricktown Property Management. Manages about 700 units here in Omaha right now. The goal is to get to 1,000 units by the end of the year. And that'll be through our acquisition. We only manage properties through Bricktown that we have equity. in. So I'll kind of pause there. I think I was leading into maybe some other aspects beyond the question that you asked. But yeah.
0: Enlightened investors, we'll be right back after this important announcement. I have a big ask that will only take a moment of your time ratings and reviews are the lifeblood of our podcast so to leave a review iphone or other apple ios device users go to apple podcasts or itunes for all you non-apple device users go to podchasers.com on either platform search for real estate investing abundance once found please leave a review and a rating Subscriptions are also vital to our show's success, so please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. It is free to subscribe, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Well, just from listening to your story here, it sounds like you were kind of operating in the desert in in a lot of respects. I mean, you were out there charting your own course and learning a lot of this techniques and strategies and what have you. On your own, and you started that in two thousand and five, but it was two thousand and fifteen before your career really took off. Where would you be today had you connected with people in the industry in two thousand and five rather than in two thousand and fifteen?
1: boy, that that's exciting to think about because what gets me excited about that question is to think about you know what it'll be like in twenty, thirty or ten years from now. So, Gosh, you know, where would I be? It's hard to say. I, I suppose the businesses that I'm working in now would just be more mature. So that's Park Ave Capital is our syndication company that Chris Collin and I have together. Bricktown Property Management, I mentioned we started Cascade Commercial, which is a multifamily brokerage based here in Omaha. And we were a multifamily specialty shop. So. The brokers that work below me, I'm the principal managing broker. They have experience in all aspects of commercial real estate, but we really want to focus on multifamily. The other piece of the puzzle there with our brokerage is that we want to hire brokers. One of the filters that they go through and when they kind of find me or find us and say, hey, I'd like to come work with Cascade, what would that be like? One of the criteria is they need to be an investor. So we really want our brokers to think of themselves as their first best client. If they find a deal, an off-market deal, which is what we look for, off-market opportunities, they find one they want to buy awesome, go after it. If they find something they want to buy, but need partners, we want to be considered. So ParkF Capital, Chris Collin, I want to be considered as the is the first potential partner. And then if it's not something that we can buy or want to buy, then we need to look at listing it, trying to help the seller dispose of the property. But that just kind of really gets into our mindset. I think that another thing that would be different 10 years from now, or had I started 10 years sooner, it would just be the network that I work among. You know, I, I consider myself very fortunate to work with the guys and the gals that I work with. They're great people that want to invest, want to grow, really have a team mindset where we really think about things in terms of an abundance mindset and that success for for all of us really means all of us continuing to grow our portfolios, grow our experience. Yeah, I guess a couple more things that come to mind, you know, I'm going to a conference in October in Florida, the multifamily conference. You know, and, and those have been really excellent ways to grow networks and also to find team members, whether they're specialists in, you know, SEC law, syndication law, or specialists in cost segregation studies, whether they're coaches that I can help support their coaching efforts or, or can benefit from understanding how they work and how they coach. You know, those are just fantastic opportunities. I would encourage anybody listening to your podcast or this show to seek out, you know, mentors in a variety of ways and really be open to what the shape and form that a coach can come in or that a mentor can come in. There are phenomenal coaches within our industry. You know many of them, I'm sure. And early on, I saw that as a need for myself. I really needed to find somebody to work with and grow through, but I wasn't ready to take the step of paying what I thought was to me at the time was a lot of money. I thought, well, shoot, you know, this could be a down payment on a property that I could go buy and I could learn from that. And you know, eventually, the coaches and mentors that came into my life came in through a variety of different ways. You know, I look at Chris and Colin as mentors in a lot of ways. Uh, they have expertise that I don't have. And I've got expertise around the brokerage side of our business, contracting and negotiating that, that they don't have. So we complement each other. So maybe another way for your listeners to think about coaching is think about learning and mentoring through partnership you know, and try to bring value to that partnership and whatever value you can bring, look at that as a
0: learning opportunity. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, you have charted an example here by the life you lived and starting out in real estate with really no particular background in that and have become very successful. So I am sure our viewers and listeners would like to learn more from you. So how do they get in touch with you and uh, connect with you? Great.
1: Thanks for asking. Best way to to reach me would be by email, Stephen. So it's S-T-E-P-H-E-N at parkavinvesting.com. So that's email for Park have capital. So reach out by email. We'd love to connect. If anyone's interested in, in the Omaha market or the Midwest, uh, where we're invested, would be glad to share what we've learned. South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Texas. Those are the primary states where we're invested now. And you know, there's some fantastic opportunities we feel. We meet and talk with folks on a weekly basis that are interested in partnering from a co-GP or co-sponsorship perspective. So if anyone's listening and is uh, watching and is interested in that, we'd love to talk with them about that. Any brokerage needs that that someone may have in any of those states, Cascade Commercial can work in in all of those states. Also have a company called Quick Draw Lending. So do private lending, hard money lending, primarily in Eastern Nebraska, Western Iowa right now. Can branch out further, you know, where needed, as needed. So yeah, well, I guess I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for the time.
0: You bet. Let's go into our last segment here. And if you could share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life. And how did you come through that? And what did you learn from that?
1: So before I started investing full-time and and joined Cascade Commercial and focused 100% on real estate, I was working for an engineering company here in, in Omaha. And we had just moved to Omaha from Portland, Oregon. And this job is what was able to facilitate the move. I had reservations about taking the position, but it was a means to an end to move to Omaha where my wife's family is located. And we really wanted to get our kids closer to family. I had not adopted the abundance and real estate mindset in 2013 that I have now. And I really viewed that position as detrimental to my my future happiness. I'm downplaying <laughs> how much the fit was really bad. It was just a really terrible fit for me, for my time, for, for where I was in life and what I wanted to be doing. And I view it as a setback because it was my mindset at the time. It wasn't the position. It's a great company, good people. It just wasn't a good fit for me but my mindset was really what the setback was at that time. And I allowed myself to go against my gut instinct, which was to not take the position and go into real estate full-time and figure it out. I allowed myself or, or just didn't take the risk and make the choice at the time to, to grow and to, and, to, and to be uncomfortable. So instead, I was uncomfortable in this position, this job at this engineering company that I was working for, for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. So... The the learning opportunity there was to trust one's gut, you know, make educated decisions, but don't let perfection get in the way of progress. Another takeaway that I think about that I that I call on all the time now in, in this chapter of my life is the ability to to be comfortable feeling uncomfortable. You know, in our business, as you know, there are often times where we want more information before we make decisions. We might we're going to be pushing ourselves or pushing our our comfort zones, whether it's financially, whether it's environmentally, whether it's workflow, cadence, partnerships, et cetera, the ability to accept that discomfort and still take action and move forward, I'm sure you agree is so important. And it's something that I really called on and found in myself during those six, seven years. So I can look back at that and 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 take that away as a positive from a time that I was really just feeling incredibly frustrated, literally every single day. So, mm. I'm also thankful for that because had I stepped into a job that was more comfortable or more bearable, you know, I might not be where I am today. I might have not developed that mindset when I did. It was, it was really a, a, such a, you know, an uncom- uncomfortable experience that really helped push me to go, well, shoot, I mean, it's not going to get, you know, worse than this. So... Stephen take action go down this path. So it, in a lot of ways it was a blessing even though it was a it was a challenge and a setback in terms of I guess the way I interpreted it at the
0: time. Well I can certainly feel the pain of those 7 years as you talk about that and and it is oftentimes those major frustrations that push us to grow. Don't appreciate in them but sometimes we can look back on them and go those are actually some of the best times of our lives because without it where would we be? Like you said if it were had been comfortable maybe we would never have pushed beyond that place and left that comfort zone. Well, Steve, it has been a delight having you today. Thank you for being on the show. You bet, Alan. It's been a pleasure to
1: talk with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at Steve. Talking